It's so good to be in our auditorium this afternoon and uh, getting after the sermon for the weekend. Uh, really want to give uh, thanks to God for our people who step up in a, in a generous way, especially Joe Shackelford who uh, allowed us uh, the opportunity to demonstrate uh, some equipment that makes a difference and allows us to stream and record and, and do it in a way that's a whole lot easier and takes a whole lot less uh, arduous steps and really, really grateful for that and, and it just expands what we're able to do. So I'm so excited to be here today. The only thing missing is uh, you in here, but it's cool to be able to, to, to be with you and uh, to be uh, together at home and spend this time uh, in the Word, Word of God. We're kicking off a new sermon series uh, today called Holding On. And when I first wrote this series, the first part of May, I thought, you know what, we're going to be holding on through the COVID-19 crisis. We're going to be working through the pandemic. And, and, and it's all going to be kind of on its way to, to the end. And then a police officer in Minneapolis knelt on a man's neck and killed him. And everything kind of got chaotic and painful again. Instead of seeing that light coming at, towards the end of the tunnel at the end of the COVID-19 piece, its wounds were opened up. In some cases, old wounds were opened up. And what went to be a time of rest and maybe re-entry became a time of grief and fear and chaos as we watched the streets taken over by people in some cases protesting peacefully and in some cases destroying neighborhoods and and businesses. So one of two things is true. I either did the smartest thing in the history of the world or the, the most short-sighted. I thought that we'd be speaking about already being together and being on campus in a somewhat limited basis, and I was wrong on that. I, I, I thought maybe everyone would be mellow and things would be kind of cooled off when school was out, and, and I was wrong on that. I thought we would talk about what would give you great courage as we move back into work and the re-entry of jobs and things all kind of ramping up. And as I was wrong on the other two, maybe I was a little more right on that one, but that remains to be seen. We need to hold on. We need to hold on through the COVID-19 stuff, but even more now, we need to hold on tightly to hope through a painful, painful piece as racism rears its ugly head in, in our own families and relationships, in our neighborhoods and communities, and throughout our, throughout our nation. Maybe your knuckles are white, and your heart is heavy just trying to hold, hold on. It seems to me that everything got a whole lot heavier over the last eight days. But my hope is that we can hold on this summer and that we can work through a, a sermon series on, on, on a marvelous piece of scripture, the, the, the scripture from Acts chapter uh, 2 beginning at verse 42, talking about those things that the early church held on to that, that identified them as people of Jesus, that, that made an impact in their communities, that, that glued them together in a way that uh, politics and the trappings of religion never could do. For they were the people 
of Jesus. And they were holding on to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And these pieces will guide our themes. And and that little bit from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, I'd like to read uh, for you here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. One of my favorite words in that is the word for devotion. It's put forward or translated as devotion in the English NIV text. The word in the original language is pros cartereo. They persisted in. They held on. They were devoted to. They kept doing over and over and over over again. The people of God in the first century church were marked by devotion, by pros cartereo. It wasn't their politics or their faith tradition that marked them. It was how their lives coalesced around the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, prayers, these are what marked their community. The message of Jesus, Him crucified and Him risen from the dead. That's what ignited that whole community on the day of Pentecost. So grateful for Pastor Nathan Hughes' message last week on on the Spirit being alive and active. Peter said these words, Acts chapter 2, verse 36 and 37. Let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and all the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter didn't slap their hands away from a lifeline of something to hold on to. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter said, This promise, this promise that you hold on to is for you and for your children and for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise of Jesus, crucified and risen from the dead, that's the lens through which we see life. We see life through the lens of Jesus. We've been told over and over again through the pandemic crisis to look through the lens of data. And as we look through the lens of data, we're all going to be okay. We're all going to be confident. We're going to flatten the curve. We're going to get through this all. It's going to be great. And the data will tell us how long we have to hang on. The numbers will comfort us. It'll all be okay. Just watch the numbers and follow the data stream. That's been a little hollow for me. A time of empty sanctuaries and empty auditoriums. When in a time of racial unrest, the church is usually a place of sanctuary and refuge. Holding on to the data leaves me discouraged. Tired. And since the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, 
Some look through the lens of race, a black lens or a white lens. When a white officer kills a black man in a black neighborhood, the lens of racism goes up all across each and every neighborhood. Makes sense. I get it. It provides no hope. It leads people to see separation and provides animosity between people and people groups, between people living in the same neighborhood and doing business in the same neighborhood. People who would look at one another as brothers and sisters a week ago now look at one another as the enemy. People look at one another through the lens of race, ethnicity, and skin color. We lose the the underlying foundational truth that it's the brokenness of our world, our sinful world, the sin that breaks us, that drives us from one another, that leads us towards violence. It's sin that breaks those ties between people, driving a sense of chaos that drives a sense of fear that leads us to behaviors that we would never do were sin and brokenness not so raw and apparent. It's sin that breaks. And the underlying piece of sin in the world is not far from us these days. And to that issue of sin, we need an answer that's eternal. Not an answer of data or people's position or economics or politics or even the trappings of religion. We need to be rooted in something that's eternal upon which we can hold on. Not just for a moment or a season through a a pandemic or a time of racial unrest, but throughout our whole lives as children of God. People who know this Jesus. That's who Peter leads us to is this Jesus. Not to Jesus the politician, Jesus the social activist. He doesn't lead us to Jesus the the leader who wanted to have the spotlight on himself and be the center of political symbolism for the time. He led us to this Jesus who is Lord in Christ, crucified and died on a cross risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, who pours out his spirit upon all his people. Not some Jesus, this Jesus. The one who went through life and death and brought life and immortality to light for you and me. Jesus who himself is holding on to people, holding on to communities, holding on to neighborhoods, holding on to people of this persuasion and that persuasion, holding on to the whole world for which he died. And by his grace and his presence in our lives. Holding on to each and every one of us. Sealed not in an election. Not given over with a a, a payment. But sealed. His presence. His love. Sealed in his blood on the cross for you and me. This Jesus. This Jesus is the one who is with you right now wherever you're listening. In your home, in your car, in your campsite, 
in your place at the river in Arizona, whether you're in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Idaho, or right here in Orange. This Jesus is the one who holds on to us when everything seems to be shaking loose. And so Christians see the world and other people through the lens of Jesus and the gospel. We don't see it through a Republican or a Democrat lens. I really struggle with the rhetoric where people say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And the moment the church stands up and says something that's against their political philosophy, they have a fit and they say the church should be quiet about politics. What they really mean to say is the church should be quiet about the politics of which I disagree. Take the lens of Republican off. Take the lens of Democrat off. Put primarily, first and foremost, the lens of Jesus in front of your eyes, your mind, and your heart. And see the world through the lens of His grace. And let Jesus inform your politics rather than politics inform your faith. The things we hold on to most and dearest are those things that are of an eternal nature of faith, of hope, and of love. Political pundits can put forth persuasive pablum, but Jesus brings perfect peace. While what we don't talk, what we talk about as a church gets a little bit of press, typically what we do as a congregation gets very little press. And the church gets very little press and very little social media presence unless it kind of manufactures it and drives it itself. But our church and Christians throughout the world are doing good things in their neighborhoods in the name of Jesus. My friend uh, Mark lives in Lyle, Illinois and has a church in Lyle, Illinois right next to Naperville, Illinois. And I like to think of Naperville as maybe the South Coast Plaza or the Old Town Orange of, of that part of Chicagoland. Naperville was wrecked and looted in riots as was parts of our place, parts of our community that we would have never thought would happen. The morning after the riots and the looting in Naperville, the people from Lyle gabbed brooms, dustpans. They got gloves. They got their backs ready to go, their hands, their feet, their jeans, their work clothes. And they went to work in their community making a difference. And while the looters and the rioters seem to get all the press, it's the Christians that follow the words of the prophet Micah chapter 6 verse 8. The prophet asked the question, well, what do we do? What do you want from us, Lord? And the Lord says this, he has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly 
with our God. About eight years ago, our trustees started a conversation around the question, what would happen in the community of Orange if St. John's were to dry up and blow away? What would it be like if St. John's left? If St. John's left, would anybody miss us? And from that moment and that meeting on, our congregation has been on a march to make an impact in our community. This week, I was able to see some strategic goals from, a, from another congregation. And I looked and wondered if maybe a page had been missing. There were no pages about where we're going to engage the community and the difference we're going to make to love justice and do mercy and walk humbly. Not our congregation. Our congregation has been hard at it, building up the communities of Orange and Santa Ana and Tustin, Building bridges between people and people groups. Not building high walls to hide behind in our neighborhood. But building bridges to people's hearts and lives. And my sense, my sense, is that we're at the very tip of the iceberg on that. And the pieces of unrest in our community and the work that is to be done in our community is going to be fueled, fueled by the energy that's going to come back after the congregations are cut loose and meeting together again. If we made a difference in our community, well, we've fed and closed thousands of people. And we'll continue to do that in the years ahead. And those are the, the easy pieces. We've worked hard in our county with mothers and children of, of every race who are victim of, victims of injustice and desertion in need of mercy from simple events that have become models for other community entities to follow of giving respite and care to foster families. To families who have taken children into their homes and everywhere in between. Building bridges not walls and fences, reaching out in the face of injustice with mercy and humility. Our city, the north part of Santa Ana, central Orange County is better for what we've done. Not a word in the newspaper on TV. You won't find it on CNN or Fox News. But the Lord knows the mercy and the justice in humility that has made a difference not just in the white community of Central Orange County, but in the entire community of Orange County. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Not just for the moment or the season, pros cartereo, but as a sign of devotion as a sign or symbol, something to persist in, something to hang on to. We hang on to Jesus. We hang on to one another. We hang on more than ever to our community of Southern California and beyond because our communities need Jesus, and the grace and the truth and the love that he brings.
one day all the social distancing will end and we'll be close together again. One day all the chaos that's going on the, in our communities will simmer down. One day. We'll embrace one another again as friends of Jesus. And this auditorium along with the sanctuary and the whole campus will be populated the people of faith. I look forward to that day and I know you do as well. But until that day comes, day by day and bit by bit, we hold on to those things that are rooted in eternity. We hold on. In the name of Jesus, amen.